by better understanding your audience, how can you interact with them before they even know that they have a problem? Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the ex-agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the Duo in Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and brand. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode number 13, all about our background in shopper marketing and how we use this mindset to deliver high-performing organic content. So if you listen to that, you're probably wondering, what the heck is shopper marketing? (laughs) Because it's a fancy term and it's kind of our entire background of where we came from. So we used to work at a um, big marketing agency, downtown Minneapolis, and what we did day in and day out was shopper marketing. Um, What this is, is it's marketing that's focused on a very specific shopper mindset. So the last client that we worked on together and kind of how we like grew to be such good business partners um, was Clorox specifically at Target. So we didn't do the marketing for Clorox everywhere in the world. We did the marketing only for them at Target. So it was our job to understand who the Target shopper was that needed to buy Clorox items or Clorox brands. So we would spend every working hour thinking about who that shopper was, when they started thinking about shopping, when a problem would arise that we could solve for them, so on and so forth. So that was our job to kind of think about the journey and where we could intersect and remind the shopper that they needed us. So let's go ahead and think about your own Target shopping experience because, I mean, we're from Minnesota, so obviously Target's like ingrained in our blood and we live there, but we know that it's still pretty popular around um, the States especially. Uh, So think about your own Target shopping experience and when you are impulsive versus when you have those little fill-in trips versus when you have those really big shopping trips. So how... Are, how is your mindset different every time you shop at Target? Because in a way, you're kind of a different shopper based on that mindset. So now that we have everything at our fingertips, that shopping mindset is always on. It's no longer you're making a list and you're going to the store. Now everything's at our fingertips. People can buy things in a second on Amazon. So we need to find ways to intersect and influence those purchase decision, decisions throughout their day. Uh, It's kind of funny when you think about shopper marketing, too. When I first started, I had no idea what shopper marketing was. It was this weird term that I was very confused about. But once you got into it, it was actually pretty simple. You're working for a brand. uh, In this instance, we were working for two brands, Clorox and Target. And it's really about that, that user's journey to that end product that Abby was kind of talking about. So it's how you shop um, for specific brands or at specific retailers. So the big thing is how does that translate 
to our world now. So a lot of us don't have storefronts. Some of us don't need storefronts um, if we're selling services and not actual products. Um, and I mean, services too have storefronts, but not all do. So the thing that we have to think about here is really relating to that shopper mindset, no matter where that shopper is. So when we say shopper, think about uh, mainly your, your target audience who you're going after. So consider you're a copywriter. By better understanding your audience, how can you interact with them before they even know that they have a problem? So what kind of content or what kind of um, tactics are you using in order to show them that they might have a problem or meet them on their journey to solve their problems? It's really about figuring out where their shopper mindset is and how you can navigate into that and show them how you can help them with the services that you offer or the products that you have. Um, And then so like considering yourself a photographer, you're likely entering those people's lives when they don't necessarily need that photographer right at that very moment. This is very typical for anybody who would meet a photographer. You don't need them right there and then. But um, what journey are they on up until they need you? And how can you intersect and relate with them in every moment? So it's really, again, finding where your clients are on their specific shopping journey and how you can navigate that journey with them and pull them in when they need your service or your product. So think about we all create our audience profile. Like we all understand the importance of identifying your audience, asking those questions and figuring out who they are. But have you ever considered where your audience is in the journey of purchasing with you? A lot of times when we think about our audience, we think about them only in that moment of purchase. So it's sometimes important to think about like it might take you two years to grow and build a relationship with your audience and then they're ready to purchase. So our mindset is kind of how can we reach people at every point so that not we're not only connecting with the people who are ready now, but we're making this connection with people who will be ready in the future. So it's kind of interesting to think about the shopper journey and not only who your audience is as a person. It's also very interesting, just like one small example. when So we didn't work at uh, Clorox together when the pandemic hit, but it's one of those things where when that hit, Clorox had to take a look at that shopping journey for all of their shoppers. And, um, you know, obviously their sales went through the roof and because that's what everybody was shopping for. And they were doing it probably differently than they'd ever done it before. You think like, oh, I'm almost out of disinfecting wipes uh, for my kitchen. I, I need to try to remember to pick some up next time. Whereas in when the pandemic hit, people were flocking to the stores immediately or immediately buying online. So uh, like Abby said, it could, you know, th- that's a totally different kind of route, but it could change or it could take a few years for that journey to navigate and take its course to get you to the services or the products that you're buying. Yeah, that's why it's so important to think about not just who your audience is, but what is happening in their lives, too, because so many different factors in society can influence when they're ready to purchase. So it's just like building, really, when we think about shopper marketing in our world today, it's building a bigger portfolio or like a bigger picture around your audience profile and understanding where they are in every point of the journey and how you can connect with them. So we use this mindset kind of in everything we do naturally because that's how we've been 
like designed to do marketing. So um, it's kind of just a unique way to think about things. And it's how we we build our social strategies with all of our clients. And it's how we think about things like SEO and blog content and strategy, because we know we want to meet people when they're not ready to purchase with us, but one day are. So it's just a really interesting tool to use as you're thinking about your business. So how do we think about our own content strategy in a shopper mindset? So we're going to break this down by tactics, so to speak, um, different marketing content, marketing pieces that we do and how we think about them. So the first thing we're going to talk about is free resources on Pinterest. Most of us have some type of way to grow our email list, um, whether that be through a free resource, whether you share that on Pinterest or you share that on your website, you share it somewhere, and your goal in that moment is you want to reach the person who already knows that they have a problem that they're struggling with. They are searching for answers. And depending on their budget, this is your opportunity to serve them free content and build their trust. It's likely one of the very first times they're hearing from you and seeing you, so they probably don't have that trust factor yet. So it's still a long road ahead before they hit the button to purchase whatever it is that you're call whatever action it is that you're calling them to do at the end. So rather than hard selling someone on a free resource, our goal is to give them more ways to engage with us. And then we do that through our email sequence. So after we deliver that free resource, we send them up through our email sequence, give them a couple ways to deeper understand us, who we are, what services we offer, some more free content that they can get their hands on. And then we drop them into our regularly consistent email that comes out every Tuesday. Tuesday tips and sips. If you're not on it, it's amazing. But either way, this is how we think about whoever is signing up for the resource. We know that this person signing up for the resource is probably not ready to purchase yet. Where they are on that shopper journey is probably at the very beginning. They just met us. We need to build trust with them. So that's our goal with this piece of content. So the other tactic that we like to talk about is email. So most people who join our email list have already had some form of interaction with us um, from a resource like Abby was talking about, or social media, or maybe even this podcast. When they sign up for our email, they are admitting that they want a deeper connection or relationship with us. And now they want to focus on building that trust and sharing that expertise, um, while us sharing that expertise with them. And then the email is a nice place where we can help build that relationship. We can continue to give those free resources, such as the ones that they may have found on Pinterest and signed up for the email to begin with. And, um, and then give them, you know, some behind the scenes of what's going on. And then they get to know us a little bit deeper. And that's where if they start to see that connection or want even more of a relationship with us or a working relationship, we occasionally sell offers in our email too. So that's where they can continue to get the newsletter, learn from us, uh, see what we're doing, know what our services are. And then someday if they want to reply to us or go to our website and sign up for a service, that is where they would do that. So again, this is kind of that second step. They uh, that, you know, they want to engage more with us. They want to learn more about us. And then if they're liking what they're learning and they think that it's a good fit, this is where they're most likely going to consider uh, taking that next step forward and signing up for an offering or a service. 
And you've probably, we've all been on email lists where either it's inconsistent and you only get them when they want to sell you something, or it's just consistent selling and it's not anything helpful or it's not any storytelling or there's nothing really in it for you. Um, And that's kind of where you're lacking in understanding where your shopper is in the journey. We're not always ready to purchase something. We need to build that trust. So email is the perfect place to do that. So another tactic that we really like to focus on is obviously this podcast. So this podcast is unique in comparison with every other arsenal, every other piece of content that we have in our arsenal because it's another way people can find us. So there are people that are popping into our podcast who are brand new and we love we love to see that. Like yes. ev- whenever we get someone who sends us a DM on Instagram and they're like, oh, I just found you. So please do that if you yes. are a new listener because yes. we love it. Um, and it's also a way for people who have been engaging with us elsewhere to get to know us better. This is the spot where you can hear our personalities. You can hear more about how we interact with each other. You get to know us on a much more personal level than anything else we have in our, like, arsenal of tactics, basically. So, um, this is something that it, not everyone has a podcast. We're not saying you need a podcast, but you do need something, some way to personally connect with your audience, whether that be through Instagram stories, consistently showing up, showing your face, whether that be through TikTok, whether that be through YouTube. There's plenty of ways to do that and showcase your personality and then just help your audience understand you a little bit more. Because then when you are ready to finally sell something, they're not even going to question the opportunity to work with you or to buy your product because they know what you're all about. They trust you. You've built that relationship with them over time. So the next one is social media. So this is really our opportunity to serve you daily uh, because it's a platform that a lot of people are on daily and we're constantly serving up, um, you know, anything from our services to freebies to just motivation to really anything that kind of encompasses our entire brand and what we offer. And it's nice because everybody is out there on Instagram or Facebook and we can kind of find you uh, wherever you are in your journey and you can find us wherever we are in our journey. So um, this is where we can kind of just hang out every day, whether or not you're ready to buy and Um, It's really just, it's a lovely platform just because we get to know so many different people within this space and it's such a fast-paced platform that we can constantly be having conversations with people um, daily versus, you know, the podcast or email or our free resources out there. We're not actually talking to you one-on-one, but this specifically, we can talk to you one-on-one and um, learn a little bit more about you and you about us. So this is why our content strategy here um, has has to serve everyone. So from free content to the ways that we work with you, um, we really can display everything here in the social media space. Um, our content pillars need to serve our future clients and those with or without budgets and even past clients. So it's really an opportunity to 
kind of meet the breadth of any, you know, this large breadth of like whatever clients you work with, um, whether they're at the very beginning of their journey, in the middle of their journey, or if they've been doing it for 10 to 15 years, we can really kind of meet you in this space wherever you are, uh, because it's such a big platform and it's such a constant platform that people are on. So social media is really this great open space to kind of meet anybody wherever they are in their journey. And that's one of our favorite parts about our social strategy plan that we work on with our clients too, is identifying those pillars so that you two can meet people at every point of their journey. Because you're not going to want to always sell. You're not always going to want to teach. You're not always going to want to just showcase your work. Like people are going to resonate with different things and different pieces of content that you share. And you don't want to just be serving people who are ready to purchase now because then eventually you'll be tapped out of them and you will have no future people to serve. So it's so important to still bring in those people who don't have a budget yet or who don't understand, who don't quite understand the problem yet that you're trying to solve. And then you need to do the work to help um, create that story and get them closer to the point of purchase. So the last one that we're going to talk about today. This is not the end-all, be-all no, list. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> this is just um, some of our favorite and kind of how we think about how we create content because how we decide what to post in every single one of these platforms depends on who our audience is and where they are at this point. So blogging, this is not the personality showcase space. <laughs> like you might see a little bit of our personality showcase through our copywriting um, and just bringing that in because we definitely like to do that. But it's not like this podcast. You're not going to understand exactly who we are. We are there because we want to deliver you content that you're searching for. So our blog readers, typically, for the most part, they find us on Google. Obviously, that's a whole reason why we have our blog in the first place. So they already know the problem that they have, and they're searching for a solution. Um, you're going to get a handful of people who are DIYers looking for solutions and want to then take control and do it themselves, which is awesome. And that's why we create resources for them and we have courses for them. We have options for those people who want to be those DIYers. Whereas then there's other people who are digging into it, really want to do it, but aren't ready to, they just decided they don't have the time or they, um, it's too much work essentially. And so that's where you have the opportunity to help them understand that that's okay. Like we can help you do it. Um, so you can serve, you can still serve content to these people considering the mindset that they're in. They already have a problem. So you should be considering, um, throughout your blogs, you should be linking to other blogs to help them identify more issues that they can tackle. Or you should be having very clear call to actions that speak to these people who are discovering you for the first time. Get them on your email list. Get them somewhere where they can engage with you deeper. Um, have a call to action to some of your other free content that they can get again on your email list. Or maybe that's your opportunity to sell those DIY options if you have them. So regardless of the content you have in your arsenal, we urge you to just take a moment to think about where that shopper is in the journey of purchasing something from you or of yours. It's really trying to get into their mindset and think like they do and try to navigate how they are thinking about making that next purchase or um, you know, finding that next service that they're in need of. 
um, asking yourselves, are they ready to buy? And if they're not, how can you keep them engaged regardless of that fact? So really just kind of putting your feet into their shoes and their mindset on how they are going to get to that final purchase and convert. If you like this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please leave us a review and you'll be entered in for a chance to win a box of Duo's favorite things. At the end of every month, we'll be doing a drawing and the winner will receive a box of goodies. See you next week.